Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, a very warm welcome to you to Calvary St. George's Church. I'm really glad that you've chosen to tune in today. Um, I have been preaching over the last couple of weeks through the book of Exodus, and uh, we're going to continue to do so. And uh, the scene in our reading has become very familiar to us. Israel is about a month and a half after the crossing of the Red Sea. And uh, uh, they are uh, once again engaged with that primal concern of thirst. Begins to emerge out there in the wilderness. And they're upset once again with Moses, we see. And uh, they're upset with God. And they offer that familiar gripe that we've heard the last three weeks. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? To kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? And if you notice in our reading today, in chapter 17, the language has escalated from complaint to now a quarrel, which in Hebrew represents legal language that results in consequences. Namely, as we hear from Moses, uh, they are about to stone me. Thirst is an awful thing, and it's easy for us who have never faced the likelihood of death from lack of water to be critical of these people. However, what's going on with Israel in this moment faces each and every one of us all the time. We suffer from thirst as well. As I mentioned last week, a spiritual thirst. And this thirst always manifests itself in our lives in the form of fear. And all of this arises right out of a sense of unbelief. An unbelief in God and his promises of provision and care. One of the results of unbelief is we, like Israel, begin to put God to the test. It's one thing to bring your concerns. It's one thing to bring your fears. It's one thing to bring all manners of situation to God. As a matter of fact, we're actually called to do this. But it's another thing to test him. If you're God, then fix it. I oftentimes hear people say this to me all the time in conversation. I mean, if God was really God, Reverend, then why would there be all this suffering in the world? You know, why would babies die? All of these little things. If he would just do that, then I would really believe in him. It's interesting when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness... He rebuffs the devil by appealing to scriptures specifically from the book of Deuteronomy, the book that summarizes the lessons that God taught Israel as they wandered and sojourned in the wilderness. And when Satan takes Jesus at the temptation, he takes Jesus to the top of the temple, and Satan says, hey, you're the son of God. Prove it. Throw yourself off this temple, and we'll see if God will save you. For the scriptures say that surely he'll send his angels and give them charge over you. And Jesus responds to Satan. He says, do not put the Lord your God to the test as you did at Massa, hearkening back to this moment in Exodus. Putting God to the test. God, if you're really God, then prove it. This is my first point, and we do it from an early age. How many times do we remember taking a math test or a history test? God, if you're really out there, get me an A on this test. 
I mean, it's ingrained in us. And this is my first point. What Israel here is saying, you know, we're thirsty. Why did you bring us out to die? If you're really God, save us. We say it all the time. What we want is some sort of kind of platonic, visible proof before we'll really believe that you're God. There's a reason unbelief is put before us three times in a row in the book of Exodus. It's put before us in chapter 15, 16, and now 17. And the reason is, is that we are being taught how notoriously short the human memory actually is when it comes to recalling God's provision and goodness. We are being taught the human condition that when we are desperate, our natural inclination is not to faith, but our natural inclination is to unbelief. And what unbelief does is it leads us to quarrel with one another, and it even worse, it leads us to test God, which is not to bring your cares and concerns to him, but rather try and force his hand in order to make your so-called unbelief contingent upon some sort of divine uh, demonstration, as opposed to what God has said and resting in that promise and assurance. Now, in no way do I want to downplay the reality of our fear and how gripping it can be, especially in times like this. Our fears, like Israel's, are very, very real. The world is not an easy place to be a human, uh, let alone a Christian. The pressures, the temptation, the opposition, conform, that is real. Currently, I think we all feel this wilderness journey right now in our society called life acutely. And while we may not cry out for bread or water, We grumble, we quarrel, in those moments of distrust and impatience, in those moments of injustice and unbelief, we want to cry out, where are you, God? I mean, if you were God, why is this all going on? Prove it. Here's the beautiful thing. God's response to unbelief is never what we think it should or would be. And this is my second point. Here's the good news for all of us. The way God deals with Israel's fear, the way God deals with Israel's unbelief, is to provide more grace. He tells Moses in our reading today, he says, Go ahead of the people. And I want you to take some of the elders, a.k.a. this is going to be a public demonstration. And I want you to take the staff, the one that you struck the Nile with, a.k.a. the one that turns water into blood. I wonder why that reference is there, and uh, because it's pointing to Jesus. And I want you to hit the rock in Horeb. And what happens is that water bursts forth out of that. It's not a trickle. It is an explosion of water so that the people can drink and experience God's graciousness amidst their all-consuming fear. 
God has once again given them cause for great faith. And God, in the midst of your fears, once again this Sunday morning, gives you cause for great faith. Fear is crippling. And it's so crippling that in the midst of our journey through this wilderness called life, it can cause us to stay put, you know, or even consider returning back to the Egypts of our lives. There's an ancient rabbinic tradition that uh, this rock that was spurting forth water literally rolled along with Israel and followed them for 40 years. This tradition goes all the way back to the earliest uh, teachings of it. And St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, he taps into that tradition and says, this rock is a type and a shadow. This rock that followed them is Christ himself. So in other words, what St. Paul is saying, referencing this back, is that God provides for you as he provided for Israel of old. In Christ... We have the rock of our salvation right here in our very midst, Sunday after Sunday, in his word. And we have it in his word, and in his word, we hear him forgiving us. We hear him feeding us. We hear him refreshing us and encouraging us by his grace for the long journey ahead. For as Christ promises in his word, whoever drinks of the water that he gives, which is himself, that person will never be thirsty again. And that water will actually become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. I don't know about you, but in 2020, I've needed to drink deeply, deeply and often from that gospel truth. Because without it, I'm a quarreling SOB. But this is my third point. In life, when you want to put God to the test, and in believe me, in the last two weeks on a national level, I've really wanted to. I wanted to be like, where are you? What's going on? When we want to put God to the test, as St. Paul says, You are cared for just like Israel of old. And you need to remember that Christ has died for you. Christ has risen for you. And Christ is coming again for you. In Jesus' person and work, God has given you all you need to see you through this lifetime of wilderness, wandering as only a gracious and long-suffering God can do. So drink deeply, my friends, and live in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.